Welcome to The Crankcase, the automotive show where I present my pointed opinion and invite you, the listener, to change my mind and engage me online on our Instagram at The Crankcase. I'm Carrillo, an opinionated gearhead. I've got things to say. Today, I'm going to be starting a short series I'm dubbing Global Engine Best of the Best. On this episode, I'm going to be explaining how the series works and hopefully teach you something in the process. So join us right after the break. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. So the subject matter of this episode is going to be best engines of the world. Uh, I'm going to be explaining to you how I'm going to be qualifying these engines um, and where they're coming from. So does that mean I'm going to be including every single country that's ever made a car? No, that's fucking crazy. What I am going to be doing is I'm going to be basically breaking this down into three categories. Really, I think that the top engines come from three places, the United States, Japan, and Europe. Obviously, the world has a ton of car manufacturers and even more if you count the dead ones. From all over the world, great engines have been produced, making some of the most memorable machines that to this day we even talk about. But really, those three are what I think are the best places that produce engines the best region the best nations obviously europe's not a nation it's a collection of nations so there's going to be a lot to kind of go over with each one this particular episode though i'm going to be going over europe a few friends of mine and i have kind of discussed this subject matter back and forth and how i was going to lay it out and i wanted to tackle europe because i thought europe ultimately was going to be the most complex topic to go over if you don't quite understand why europe is complex uh, i guess what's going on in my head is really three things Number one, Europe is a non-homogenous continent containing scores of multi-ethnic people with a deep, rich, and often conflict-ridden history, and it also averages about 112 people per square kilometer, so they're packed together. The point being, you're going to get some pretty unique ideas of what makes a great engine from this part of the world. Number two, I'm only representing Italy and Germany, actually. (laughs) Um, I know that I just talked about all these different cultures and yada, 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 but let's be honest. Uh, when it comes to the conversation of cars I and, and really engines coming from Europe, it's Italy and Germany that, at least to me, tend to dominate the list. And I'm the host of the Crankcase, so you have to hear it, basically. That's how it works. But if you really want to know why Italy and Germany, well, as far as Germany goes, let's face it, most European brands are Volkswagens in some capacity anyway. That would mean Germans are still being represented if you, if you want to go down that path. Yes, I'm referring to Dacia, Skoda, Bentley, Bugatti, Scania, Lamborghini. That whole sorry list basically pushes out Spain, Sweden, the Czech Republic, Britain, and France, Um, even though they've all produced, well, really Britain and France have produced some really, really badass machines. However, I wanted to pick the ones that I thought were just like really exemplary. Number three, none of these engines are likely attainable for the average dude. I don't think that that's a reason to put it on the list really, but it's a reason why I kind of wanted to just kind of get it out of the way, but really explain that. Europeans kind of had a different philosophy, a different flair in building engines. They, in my opinion, they they really, really excel at the highest end. Um, There's some of the pioneers, some of the greatest pioneers of motorsport, and some of these engines that I'm going to talk about are going to further elaborate on that. So what manufacturers are going to be represented in this list? BMW, Porsche, and Ferrari. That's it. So before you begin to bitch about the potentially cliched list that I'm throwing at you, allow me to justify I'm just going to get started with it. BMW. Number one, I am throwing in the McLaren F1 S70 V12 engine. 
bam. 6.1 liters, four valves per cylinder, 618 horsepower at 7,500 RPM, and 455 pound-feet of torque, yes! An 11 to 1 compression ratio, an 86 millimeter bore, an 87 millimeter stroke, basically 102 brake horsepower per liter, a 0 to 60 of 3.2 seconds, that's no turbos, max speed, 240 miles an hour. It's just pure naturally aspirated glory. So a quick background, the McLaren F1 is a storied supercar that many would probably argue is the greatest car ever made. With a claim like that, wouldn't it only make sense to include this engine? The McLaren F1 was the brainchild of one man, McLaren's technical director at the time, this guy by the name of Gordon Murray. He was a British guy who's now working on a successor to the legendary F1, actually. Thing is, though, is that that engine was actually something that he didn't really envision off the bat. Originally, it was actually Honda that was McLaren's engine supplier in Formula One back in the 1980s. They were supposed to deliver the engine for the road car, but the Japanese really didn't have anything to offer in that capacity for horsepower. In the end, it wound up being BMW that was chosen, and under the watchful eye of their conductor, Paul Roche, that marvelous S70 V12 was born with a capacity of 6.1 liters. Amazing. One thing that's really, really cool about this engine is that's actually the only V12 made by BMW that contains four valves per cylinder. This V12 would also be the only one to sit in an engine bay fucking lined with gold to relieve the heat. Um, its figures are golden, man. I mean, again, the 618 horsepower, 455 pound-feet of torque, uh, 0 to 60 in 3.2. I mean, it makes for an amazing car. Fun fact, according to Paul Roche, the F1's chief engineer, that engine shouldn't require a rebuild for at least 250,000 kilometers. Whatever the fuck that means, it's a German engine. I mean, seriously, that just, come on. Why don't you go ahead and give it a listen? Again, naturally aspirated goodness. I just, I love the sound. Just the sound is amazing. It is pure, it is right, and frankly, it's holy. Next, we've got Italy. Yes, it's coming out of Ferrari, okay? I, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Um, specifically, though, I'm going to be talking about the 3.9 liter um, the F-154 twin turbo V8 that's out of the 488 Pista. Uh, one thing that's really cool is that it's a dry sump unit. Uh, it uses uh, IHI turbochargers. That's kind of cool. Honeywell units. One thing I really like about it is actually the first turbocharged Ferrari since the 1987 2.9 liter F-120A V8 in the Ferrari F40, a legendary engine. Uh, it's got a 9.4 to 1 compression ratio with a 86.5 millimeter by 88 millimeter born stroke. It runs 182 brake horsepower per liter. It propels the 48 Pista to a 0 to 60 time of 2.2 seconds. That's freaking insane. I mean, come on, guys. Um, it's got a standing quarter mile time of 10.1 seconds. So, you know, it uh, it fits the Buster's bill. It'll pay Dominic Toretto off. Something that's really, really cool about it is that it's got a flat plane crankshaft design with that dry sump lubrication, as I had mentioned earlier. So super sophisticated race car technology on an all-around badass engine. So kind of quick background. The 488 Pista is Ferrari's replacement for the 458. The 488 has since been replaced with the F8 Tributo. 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 Which actually still uses the same engine that was in the 488 Pista. The 48 Pista was Motor Trend's 2017 Best Driver's Car, and apparently it was Jeremy Clarkson's 2019 Supercar of the Year. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. Oh yeah, real nice. Some, uh, some Italian music to my ears. 
So let's go back to Germany. The engine I want to talk about is a Porsche engine. Porsches are near and dear to my heart. This engine specifically is the engine that powers the 997 chassis 911 GT3 RS 4.0. This is a very rare vehicle. Something like 500, 600 have only been made in all the, all the world, okay? Like most Porsches, it's a flat six engine configuration. It was designed by Hans Metzger, a, a Porsche legend. Um, it's funny that they call it the Metzger engine, even though the guy has actually been affiliated with Porsche since the 1960s, and he's built so many different engines for Porsche. One of the reasons why this engine makes the list is that it's naturally aspirated. So as I'd mentioned, it's a dry sub configuration. I might not have mentioned that, but it is a dry sub configuration. Um, it runs a 12, six to one compression ratio. It's a naturally aspirated monster. I love it. Um, it's got 102 by an 80 millimeter bore and stroke. It runs 123 brake horsepower per liter, and it gets you to zero to 60 in 3.9 seconds, which for an NA flat six is fucking nice. It's got a top speed of 193 miles an hour, so it's not slow. The engine's actually 0.2 liters bigger than the standard GT3 RS uh, at the time, like around 2011. Offers a 500 horsepower at 8,250 RPM. It actually redlines though at 8,400 RPM, which is ridiculous for a road-going Porsche. The nice thing about it is that the engine was actually new. It's a, an entirely new design. It wasn't something that was just pulled out of the Porsche recycled parts bin, something that they're known for doing. Sadly, um, Hans Metzger passed last month on June 10th. He left behind a, a legendary motorsports pass, like I had said, dating all the way back to the 60s. Um, his 4.0 engines really are an engine of pedigree, and that's something that's always going to be very, very special to me. Why don't you go ahead and give it a listen? <laughs> Oh man, that one's special. I really like that sound. Um, the thing that I like most about it is that it's different than the Pistas V8, the McLaren's V12. It's just, it's a different song. The music is entirely different. It's unique. I just like it. Why don't you join us after the break, folks? I'm going to be wrapping this episode up. I get it. This is a controversial list, but let's 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 break this down. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media at Z W E R C Media. Did you get it? Good. Welcome back to the Crane Case, folks. Really appreciate you join us. So what is it? Am I full of shit? Is the list ridiculous to you? Maybe you kind of sort of agree. I mean, come on, let's face it though. Either way, I'm right. So do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Give me your two cents. At the crane case is the profile. Head on over there, smash that follow button. While you're on Instagram, head on over to at Zwerk Media. That's Z-W-E-R-C Media. Smash that follow button again, because I said so. That's the end of the episode, folks. Those are my three engines from Europe. I'm signing out until the next episode. We'll be going over either the USA or Japan. I haven't decided yet. Stay tuned, folks. I'm Carrillo. This is The Crankcase. Thanks for listening. <laughs>